here to the palace tonight. We're glad you're here. It's a great crowd. We come for a great time of prayer. And uh, uh, for a note, I uh, need to make to announce to you that next Wednesday night, every year right before school starts, we have a back-to-school service, and we're having that next Wednesday night. So you're to be here. Everybody will be here in the sanctuary, all the children and kids and stuff. We come in here, we have a guest speaker, and we come in here and we pray over our students uh, before they begin the school year. We pray over our schools, we pray over leadership, we pray over our teachers. So I encourage you to be here next Wednesday night and help be a part of this because it's a very important thing. Our school systems need prayer. The people in leadership in our school system needs our prayers. And uh, we need to bind together. And uh, I had a tough year last year. We're going to pray that God gives us a better year this year for our kids. Praise the name of the Lord. And I'm so thankful we can do that, that we can come together. And I'm so thankful we got a family that believes that way. And we come together and we bind together and we petition the Lord. And he's faithful to answer us. Uh, if you have tithes and offerings tonight, you can drop them out the little black box on your way out the door tonight. And at this time, we're going to get right into our prayer devotion. Would you please welcome Brother Mike Burton? Praise the Lord. Amen. God's good, isn't he? Man, I always say it's a good life living for the Lord, and it surely is. Amen. Amen. How's everybody doing? you have a good day today? Amen. I hope so. This is the day that the Lord has made. Bible said that we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Man, I, I'm, I'm just always thankful to be a part of the family of God. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know what heaven's going to be like. I can only uh, sit back and imagine because he said, you know, in my father's houses are many mansions and I go away to prepare a place for you. And where I go, he said, you can come too. And uh, I think sometimes that as you try to imagine what it's like being in heaven, it just, uh, it's just so amazing that, uh, you know, basically we can't even comprehend what he's got in store for us. And I think, man, you know, I, I'm a happy guy. I mean, I'm happy living here on earth. I mean, I'm, I, I, I just, I'm just a happy-go-lucky guy. Uh, do I have bad days? Sure I do. Do I have days when things ain't the best? Well, of course but overall, man, I love life. And if I love life today, I can only imagine what it's going to be like when I get to heaven. I can only imagine, you know, and uh, what it's going to be like. But, man, I, I just think that uh, because of the joy of the Lord is my strength, I draw from the living well. And that's him today. But we're glad that you're here tonight, and if you got your Bibles on the way while I'm rattling here, just turn to uh, St. John chapter 4. I want to give you what I feel like a little bit that the Lord has uh, given me, and uh, I, uh, sometimes it's just so hard to condense things because you got a pastor always warning you and telling you how much time you have left, and <laughs> what you can do and what you shouldn't do and how long you can and, and uh, remember 10 minutes and uh, but uh, I'm just joking but uh, I, I, I thought about Wednesday nights we pray we, we talk in scripture about certain things and we try to make it toward what we're going to be talking about in prayer and, and what we want from God and, and what we need from 
the Lord and, and, and what God needs from us and what God wants us to do and what God has commissioned us to do. And, and uh, I know this, you can't go wrong working for the Lord. The greatest investment in this, wor- in this world is, is working for the kingdom of heaven. And, I, and I'm sure that most of us here, if not all of us, are saved tonight. And probably some of us have been saved longer than others. And, and some of us has uh, 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 known the Lord a lot longer than others have. Uh, some of you have been in it all your life. Some of you maybe just new Christians. Uh, and some of you maybe have been brought up in it and just... Uh, uh, just know of the Lord and just know uh, how God is and, and everything. And, and everybody's got their own walk when it comes to serving God. And the Bible tells us clearly that we're to work out our own salvation. But as I was praying the other night, I was up in, in the, I got a, we got a third bedroom way back in the back of the house and not way back back. It ain't like our house is long, 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 but back yonder on the other side of the house. We got a third bedroom back there, and, and Connie made me, it's a closet, but it's a walk-in closet where you can walk in, and she made me a, a room back there where I can go pray and read and study and put a desk in there and everything. And So I was up the other night early in the morning praying and asking God to give me something that would be meaningful to us, and I don't never want to just say something just to say it, but I want to say something that's going to touch you and touch me that's going to better us in the kingdom of God, that's going to help us in our daily walks with God. Because, see, he's, he's what it's all about tonight. He's the one that we come and we, we lean from and we glean from. But uh, I want to talk in John chapter 9, verse 4, and I, I'll give you some different uh, uh, versions of it from different translations of different Bibles. But in the New International Version, it says, As long as the day... As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no man or no one can work. The New Living Translation says we must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and there and then no one can work. Ah. Uh, The English Standard Bible version says we must work the work of him who sent us while it is day for night does come and when it does no one can work. The New American Standard says this we must carry out the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. And I'm not sure I've not ever had this translation but it's NASB 1995, we must work the works of him who sent me as long as it's day. Night's coming and you won't be able to work. The Aramaic Bible in plain English simply says it is, finny, it is fitting that we do the works of him who has sent me while it is day. The night is coming in which a man cannot work. Contemporary English version simply says as long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me and who wants me to do his work. When night comes, no one can work. May the Lord God help us to work while it is day before the night comes. And I don't know, I've looked at different translations of this and, and uh, I was trying to figure out if... Uh, 
if it, you know, back then they went by 12-hour uh, intervals in, in the night and the day. And so I was trying to figure out, well, Lord, are, they, are you talking about uh, nighttime that it's just hard to work? Evil comes out at night, things are different at night. Or is it talking about that you yourself don't have much time here left on earth? Because there's going to come a time when all of our labor and all of our works will cease. There's coming a time when everything's going to stop. And I read this quote and I really liked it. It said, may I inspire you before I expire. May I expire you before I expire. And I think that model ought to be everybody's model when we're serving Christ. May we inspire somebody before we expire. I must work the work of him that sent me. Wow. In our, in our scripture, we find that there is a blind man that cannot see. And Jesus takes a moment there. And he looks at this blind man. But before that, up in the chapter before that, we see that Jesus was talking to the men and women there. And they threatened to stone him. And they threatened to uh, try to do away with him and kill him. And so he sped out from the crowd and left and snuck away from them. And he come upon this blind man. And before, as they was trying to stone him, he was nothing but doing nothing but the father's business. Here we see a beautiful picture of Christ at work doing what he does best. And he was doing it to please the father. He said, I must work the work of him that sent me. Jesus himself knows even his time is short. He knows that day and the opportunity uh, that's there will soon pass. And if it passes, it will never return again. And I'm going somewhere with this, so be patient with me for a minute. But Jesus knew that time was short. And he knows that the day of opportunity was upon him. And that it would soon pass. And if it did, that opportunity would never be there. And I think that's just like us Christians tonight. We have opportunities that's before us. And I've always told myself, I don't want to be close to the grave. Or Well, I probably got one foot trying to get that way now because I'm getting older and I know it's going to happen one day. But I don't want to lay my head down and my last breath be, I wish I would have done more for the kingdom. Or I wish I would have done one more thing great for Jesus. See, Jesus had a commission and he knew what his commission was. He knew that his time was short upon earth. Jesus sensed an urgency to do that. And to do this very work, he sensed there was an urgency. And can I tell you tonight, church, there's an urgency all across our land. We are the light of the world. We must well face it. We are written epistles read of all men. They see us every day. We are the light of the world. Jesus, let me just say this. Jesus is the light, but we are the extension cords plugged up to the light. 
and that our light must so shine through all the world that they would want to come and see what's so bright around them. See, I believe Jesus says, whenever you see a man in sorrow and in trouble, one way to look at it is not to blame him. If we see a man or a woman that's full of drugs or on alcohol or uh, just, just uh, 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 full of anger, full of violence, if we see somebody that just has so much hate and so much uh, animosity in their heart, so much uh, things that they feel like the life, the world around them has gave them a bad, bad, bad time. And if we see people that because of maybe what their parents did, their, their lives wasn't what you think it should be or what I think it should be. Just because you got a son that's not in church today, just because you got a daughter that's doing things that she shouldn't do, just because there's somebody out there that's doing things that we don't approve of and that we don't like, it's not our place to blame him or her or inquire, how did you get this way? How did you get so messed up? Well, honey, I was messed up before I met Jesus. I was really messed up. Jesus didn't ask this blind man, how did you get here? But his love and his compassion drawed him to heal them. We all know how people get to where they're at. It's called sin. Our job is simply is to pass love to them and compassion. We are just to catch the fish. Jesus is to clean the fish. He made us disciples. There's an urgency today. You got sons and daughters that need Jesus. You got moms and dads, aunts and uncles, cousins that need Jesus. Jesus understood the opportunity for service and doing good would last forever. Jesus knew that, that beating him on, or, or healing him on the Sabbath would, would make opposition come by the so-called religious leaders. But his love and his compassion made him do it anyways. When people tell you don't pray for them or they've gone too far, they'll never make it, they're never going to get anywhere. Your love for Jesus will push through. And your compassion for that person will still push through and say, but my God's big enough. But his love and his passion made him do it anyways. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Matthew 8 and 22, he said, Jesus said to them, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. Jesus said in Matthew 9 and 9, Jesus was talking to Matthew and said, he saw a man that was named Matthew sitting at the tax booth and he said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. In Matthew 10 and 38 it says, and whosoever does not take up his cross or her cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Jesus told the disciples, if anyone in Matthew 16 and 24, if told his disciples, anyone would come to me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Matthew 19 and 21, Jesus said to them, if you would be perfect, go and sell whatever you have, all your possessions, give to the poor. 
and you will have treasures in heaven. Come, come and follow me. Jesus said to them, truly I say unto you, in Matthew 19 and 28, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on the the 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes. Church, I'm simply trying to say tonight that we are living in the 21st century and we should be busy working for the Father. In Mark chapter 6 and verse 7, I'll not read it, but it talks about that, how that God sent them out by twos. And they was astonished. And they was amazed at what was happening. He said, he said you're going to go out by twos. He said, there's going to be some that's going to be possessed with devils. He's going to, he said, there's some that's just simply demon-possessed. There's some that's going to have lunatics. Some of them's just going to be plumb crazy. Some of them's going to be all messed up. He said there's some that's going to need healing in their body. Some's going to just simply need restoration. There's going to be some that just needs healing throughout their whole body. Whatever the case might be, they're going to be spiritual, uh, uh, mentally uh, healed by you because I send you out in twos. Now there's a significant with two, but we can get into that to another day. But Jesus just simply said, I want you to go do the work that my father told me to go do. As my father and me are one, you and me are one. And so the disciples went out and they was astonished and amazed because Christ sent them out. We're Pentecostals. We got the whole package. We don't miss nothing in this book. We believe that people can be uh, demon possessed, but we also believe that they could be healed under the power of God. We believe that, 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 that there's people that sick in their body, but we also believe that God can raise them up. We believe in the power of Almighty God. And Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Jesus said, there's a well that's in you that will never run dry. Jesus said, ye men, after he, after he had died and he resurrected and he met with the disciples, he talked to them for a little while. And he said, tarry here in Jerusalem until you be endued with power upon high. He said, don't leave this place, you stay. He said, I'm leaving, but I'm going to send you a comforter. And he said, that comforter is going to come. When he does, he'll lead you and guide you into all truth. As they watched Jesus go up into heaven, there was two men in, in white apparel were watching them guys look at Jesus as he ascended up in heaven on a cloud. And they said, hey, why are you standing here gazing up into heaven? That same one that you see go away is coming back in like manner. In other words, he was saying to the church at that moment, or they were saying to the church at that moment, it's time to get busy for Jesus. It's time to do the work of God. I'm telling you church tonight, I believe this with all that's in me. I believe there's a movement that's coming. I believe there's a shakening that's coming. I believe there's a hunger that's coming that we're going to see our sons and our daughters come to know Jesus.
I believe because you are a Christian, because you are blood-bought by the blood of Jesus, you can say to this mountain, mountain be thou removed, and it has to go. If you got a son, if you got a daughter, if you got a family member that don't know Jesus, I'm telling you the scripture cannot lie. Jesus just simply says, I want my church to begin to stand upon my, what my word says. He said, if you be faithful, if you be faithful, I'll save your whole household. He said, if you'll do what I tell you to do and you'll continue working the work that I tell you to do, I, there's not a demon in hell or out of hell that can stop your children from coming back home. That's not my words, that's the word of the Lord. That's not my saying, that's the saying of this big book. Jesus is real tonight. And all he's doing is wanting us to activate our faith and to trust him and believe him and just do what his word says to do. It's not me that has to back it up, but it's Jesus that has to back it up. It's not me that has to bring it to pass. He just says, I want you to be the willing vessel that you'll step out by faith and do exactly what I tell you to do and I'll do it. Now listen, I believe that the word says, I'll heal and I'll save your whole household. I simply believe that God will do that. I don't think it takes God years to figure that out or to come to your rescue. But I do believe that God will honor your faith. He'll honor you because of your faithfulness. He'll honor you because of what you believe that God's able to do in your own life. See, I believe there's nothing too big that God can't do tonight. If, if we believe that we are followers of Jesus, that same spirit that made him rise from the dead will it lives in us also that same spirit that Jesus has he says I have Jesus said I got grafted into this thing I've been adopted into the family of God Woo! that a hair lip the devil man I, I'm telling you I've been adopted into this thing me and my daughter was out on the golf cart late last night, right before dark, and we was driving around the lake. We got a two-acre lake there, and we was going around the house and around the lake. And she said, oh, Dad, I'm so happy. This is ours. No, she said, I'm so lucky that this is ours, Dad. And I said, Brody, you're not lucky. You're blessed. You're blessed. See, She's nine years old. She's my adopted child. And I, I would move heaven and earth to take care of every need that she has. Because I love her. I mean, there ain't nothing I wouldn't do for that little girl. Matter of fact, I do too much. <laughs> I'm 63 years, no, I'm 62 years old. I ain't going there yet. But she will wear me out. Dad, will you catch lightning bugs with me? Really? I'm 62. I don't want to run around the woods looking for lightning bugs. 
But I tell her, yeah, I will, because I want her to be happy. And she's, she's my adopted child. But she couldn't be more real than anything in the man in the moon to me. And see, our father, we've been grafted into this thing. And we might be his adopted children, but he'll do any in the, anything in the world to take care of us. You know why? Because he loves us. And he said, I'll not withhold anything good from them that love me. Nothing. Nothing from them that love me. Nothing from them that love me. And, I, and I, I'm trying my best and, and I'm, 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 I'm doing my best to walk in what he says I can walk in. I'm doing my best to try and walk in what his word says is for me and my family or for my church or for the sinner. I'm trying to walk into it. Because I believe that he wants us to put our faith in operation, in action. Don't let the devil sit on your shoulder and say it can't be done. Uh, 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 he's been this way all of his life. He's not going to change now. Husband, son, daughter, whoever. Don't let him get on your shoulder and say, I prayed and I prayed until I'm blue in the face and I still don't know how to pray. God, you still ain't done it. I don't go by what I see. I go by what I know. I don't go by what I feel, but I go, I, know, I go by what I know and who he is tonight. I know that his word cannot lie. I know his word cannot lie, church. And if he, says, if he said it throughout scripture, whether you're physically drained, mentally drained, discouraged, depressed, whatever. Listen, I know it happens, but we should be the most happiest people in the world. Because we got the joy of the Lord on our strength. The Bible said in John 4 and 27, the harvest is ripe. We're in the greatest harvest season of our life. There's men and women that needs to come to know Jesus. I talked to a 78-year-old man yesterday. He says... He was a Baptist fellow. He said, well, kind of like Pentecost, but he said, you know, he said, I've knocked on thousands of doors. 78 years old. He ain't been out in two years. He ain't been out in two years because his health has went down. But he said, I, I yearn and I, and I cry and I tell Jesus, I just want to go out one more time just to be able to witness and tell people about the Lord. He said, he said I always went out and somebody's going to get saved, he said. He said, my highest number of people that was saved in one day is 14. By him just walking at the tires down here. Going to Haiti in the Bronx and the tires up down there in the bad parts of the city. He said, God, just leave me and I just talked to him. He said this one day he was talking to a young man and he did tell me this. He said, you know, he said, I think I've seen the same guy and prayed with him about five different times on different occasions. But he said he wrote down all the things and all the people that he come in contact with and what day they got saved. And we're, we're talking about a 78-year-old man. And he said, you know, he said, I credit this to my wife. He said, because she has pushed me and said, you know, son, you just need to go out and so." Uh, save souls you just need to go out and tell people about Jesus and he said I'm not a preacher but she just kept pushing me to do that and finally I did it 
He said, now, she don't go out with me, but she'll tell them she loves Jesus. And he said, you know, he said, she, and he started crying. He said, you know, Mike, he said, when I get to heaven, I want Jesus to give my crowns to my wife. Because she helped me to win souls. And I said, sir, when you get to heaven, your wife will have crowns. Because every soul that you reach, she had a part of it. Because she provoked you to do it. That preacher that prayed for Billy Graham that night in service and Billy Graham gave his life to the Lord. All those souls that Billy Graham saved, that preacher has a hand in it tonight. You know it? Why? Because we're a body fitly joined together. And we're doing the same work that Jesus wants us to do. Work while it's day. For the night cometh when no man shall work no more. Our candles are going to go out sooner or later. One of these days, whether we go by the rapture or we go by the grave, <clears throat> we won't build work no more. Our labor will be over. And when I get to heaven, I want Jesus to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter in and enjoy. I make this thing twofold. One is, walk in what the scripture says. Now, I'm not trying to say grab it, clap it, claim it, and whatever. Don't go put your hand on the Cadillac and say, I'm walking in this. Jesus, you said I can lay hands on anything I want. And they got, you know, it's going to happen. Don't do that. But if it's in the will of the Father, and his will is that we lay hands upon the sick, his will is, is that we see people saved. His people is that restore one another back to the fellowship. That's his will. And when we do his will in that arena, we have the promise of God that he'll do it. Within ourselves, we can do nothing, but through him, we can do all things. And so if his script, if the scripture says, any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and pray the prayer of faith, anointing them with all, and you can go into their sins or whatever you want to go into. But if he says to do that, and then he says, I'll do all of this and I'll heal them, that's not your words. That's his words tonight. He says, all you got to do is proclaim it. All you got to do, if you got family members, if you got somebody, and I don't know why I keep hitting family members, but I am, but whoever you have that you're desiring that they get saved, don't give up. Don't, don't just say, well, maybe, maybe when I'm dead and gone, it'll happen. No. Say, Jesus, I want to see it in my lifetime. I want to leave this old world knowing they're going to the same place I am. That's right. We want them to go to heaven with us. Pray the prayer of faith and believe God tonight. Stand with me.